everyone, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man. We're starting our new week off today talking about the nine noble virtues. We're going to discuss where they came from, what they mean to us today, how they are a construct of modern heathenry, how they portray into a Sashru and heathenry in general, if we should follow them, if we should not follow them, and where we go from there. Um, with that said, we're going to jump right in. Um, Kelly, you want to do our prayer today? Today being uh, Monty's day. We're a little bit later, so it's the moon outside right now. It just came up. It just crested. So I want to hail Monty for bringing the moon. Hail Monty. Hail Monty. Taking the moon around and um, helping our tides, helping us mark our calendar uh, and the years as they go by. Um, so hail Monty for all that she does. Hail Monty. So here we go, prayer. Uh, gods and goddesses, Ace, your advantage. Thank you for the blessings uh, that you have given me. Thank you for being with me. I ask you to continue to bless me and be by my side. I ask you to help me to face the decrees of the Lord with courage, honor, and cred. I ask you to help me to do the best that I can for my faith, ancestors, family, and kindred. This day, every day, and always. Grant me wisdom, honor, strength, and thrift to continue to bring honor to you and my ancestors. Hail the gods. Hail the gods. So, as we go through this um, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the noble virtues. We're going to talk about a few other things. There's not really that much to talk about the noble virtues, um, being that they are a modern construct. We kind of know where they come from and everything. We'll just go over some of them. We'll talk about the virtues and um you know, what's expected of you as a heathen, just in general, um, and we'll go from there. So grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a mug, fill your favorite meat, fill it with some ginger ale like I have, and uh, join us here at the Modern Heathen Man as we begin to talk about modern heathenry and the construct of the nine noble virtues. We'll talk to you when we come back. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around, and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. And I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products till so they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil. I will tell you, it is magical. It smells great. Even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours, my beard still smelled great and felt great. So with that said, 
I'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out. Again, they're not only beautiful, but Beast Curiosity is a place you want to go. BeastCuriosities.com. You can also email him and check out his products at Beast at BeastCuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities. And you can also find them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Beast Curiosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Monarchy and the Man. I'm here with my wife Kelly today. Hello. And we're going to talk about the modern construct of the nine noble virtues. If you don't know what they are, we'll go over them real quick. So the nine noble virtues are courage, truth, honor, fidelity, discipline, hospitality, self-reliance, industriousness, and perseverance. Now, in modern times, people have come up with these and have said these are the virtues that we should live by as heathens, or these are the things we should do as a satyr, and um, just basically what we should act like when we're around each other and when we're by ourselves, and we should look like it in um, the eyes of uh, the public. So, you know, the nine noble virtues um, are a set of rules, and basically, what I understand is they were. Um, Put out there by certain sects of Odinism or Satru. Um, and one set was codified by four members of Sir Aldwald Mosley's British Union of Fascist and National Socialists, um, John Yoel, um, aka Stuba, and John Gibbs Bailey, aka Huskold of the Odinic Right in 1974. The other set codified by Stephen A. McNallan of the Satru Folk Assembly in 1983. You know, when I look at that, and say, oh, no, these are horrible. They're really not that bad, in all honesty. And I, I usually don't do things that has to do with the AFA um, just outright because it is theirs. And I don't want to take their stuff. And it's not because I don't, you know, whatever, I don't have a problem with the AFA. They can believe they want to believe. I believe what I want to believe, but I don't have a problem with them. I just don't use their stuff because it's theirs. It's, it's not my, my right to use. Um, however, others believe that the earlier set of the uh, one, the Odinic right claim, they codified, originally put together and labeled as the Nine Noble Virtues, or the Nine and the by Edward Thorson during his time with the original AFA. So they have a couple of different things. It has some values, what they say, um, so that go along with the thing. So like one is courage, and strength is better than weakness, courage is better than cowardice. Joy is better than guilt. Honor is better than dishonor. Freedom is better than slavery. Kinship is better than alienation. Realism is better than dogmatism. Vigor is better than lifelessness. And ancestry is better than rootlessness. And I mean, those make somewhat sense, you know. Um, the nine charges that go along with that from somebody else of the Adinagrind is to maintain candor and fidelity and love and devotion to the to the tried friend, though he strike me, I will do no him no scathe. Never to make wrongsome oath, for great and grim is the reward for the breaking of plight of truth. To deal not hardly with the humble and lowly, to remember the respect that is due to great age, to suffer no evil, to go un 
remedied and to fight against the enemies of faith, folk, and family, my foes, I will fight in the field, nor will I stay to be burnt in my house, to succor the friendship put to put no faith in the pledge word of a stranger people. If I hear the fool's word of a drunken man, I will strive not. For many a grief and merry death groweth from out such things. To give kind heed to dead people, straw dead, sea dead, or shore dead. To abide by the enactments of lawful authority <clears throat> and to bear with courage the decrees of the norms. These are all different things. One's from the AFA, one's from who knows where. The other one is from the Odinic Rite in the 1970s. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, what, what do we want to follow here? What do we have to do? Um, you going to add something, Kelly? Um, I was going to say, you know, even though it's, it comes from the AFA, I think that universalists or, or tribalists or anybody can take something away from them. Well, they can. But like, what I'm saying is it belongs to them. They, they have right. copyrights on That's why I don't use their stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think in a way it's a, it's a good idea to have a code of conduct type thing, you know, as something to live by. Right. You know, these are honorable virtues. These are things that, as good people, we should try, strive to be every day. Right. And it just puts it into writing that these are some things that we strive to be. Right. There's also the sixfold goal, um, which is another le list, which is virtues given as rights, wisdoms, might, harvest, frith, and love. And even the Assyrian Code of Nine uh, for heathenism or practicing heathenism is honor, knowledge, protect, flourish, change, fairness, conflict, balance, and control. I mean, all these are things that people say that we should be acting like. And I'll be 100% honest with you. I like the Nine Noble Virtues because they have in them a few things. But number one for all of us in heathenry is honor. And then an honor is we don't break our word. We keep what we say. We honor our dead and our ancestors and our gods. And that's the number one thing. And we start to live a truthful life. Right, right. I, I mean, honor and truth for me go hand in hand. Yep. So you try to honor and you try to keep your word, but you also try to put your truth out there for everybody else to see and also be truthful when you're dealing with other people. Right. You know, whether they take it as or you're putting yourself out there as being this, this is the way I live, this is my truth, this is you know, this is how I see things and this is how this is how I feel. I honestly believe that the courage, truth, honor, fidelity, discipline, hospitality, self reliance, industrious and perseverance was someone trying to explain frith. Yeah. I mean, because we don't have a modern construct for the word thrift. So how do we tell people what thrift is? And how do we show that we live a thriftful life or a life full of thrift for one another? And how do we share that thrift back and forth? My thoughts are, and I continue to believe, that this is the construct of how they came up with what thrift is. I wrote a paper once about thrift. talked about how it's really hard to, you know, pinpoint what it actually is you know it's not just karma it's you know a bunch of other stuff if i'd add in hospitality courage honor and fidelity and then throw in a little bit of you know honor and oath keeping and 
um, love and cherishing and everything else, I begin to start having you understand frith. But there's so many things in that word frith that it's really hard for people yeah, that are not heathen to right. understand. It's very hard. And, and I think you you have to display these virtues or have to display frith every day. You know, Christians have their, their whole idea of Christian love. Right. And, and the, so ten the Ten Commandments and the like, Golden Rule. Right. You know, and these are all these are all things that they, they are supposed to live by. We know that they don't, right. for the most part. You know, they can say that they do, right? But you know, they fall short, like we Not all do. fall short, yeah. But you know, these are these are goals to to try and live by. You know, you want to be courageous in your everyday life. Courageous doesn't mean that you have to go out and battle for everything. It means little things like yeah, standing up for the little guy. That yeah. you know, you're at the grocery store and. You know, you see somebody jump in line, you say, hey, you weren't next. This guy was next, and he's not going to say it, and, you know, but he, right. he was next. You know? But that's living a courageous and honorable right. life, yeah. you know, and showing that, you know, hospitality for your friends. Yeah, so it all kind of works together. Right. You, you know, know, courage, you know, I tell my kids all the time, courage isn't always the big thing where you're out there, you know, beating a drum and doing this, and people are throwing stuff at you. So it's that. It's, if you break something at your friend's house, the courage to walk up and say, hey, I broke this. Sorry. You know, it's not just big things all the time, and it's not the, the main fight or whatever. So um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the uh, noble virtues one by one, um, a little bit more about uh, where they came from and whether or not we should follow them and what we should do as heathens. And when we come back, we'll do that. I'll see you in a brief moment. I'm going to have some promos out here for some guys that are heathens who believe in helping other people. And um, helping heathen businesses. So I want you to take a listen there and hopefully you'll uh, check one of them out. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satru Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satru Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal. The reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith. They gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathenry all day long with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. 
that's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Satru Foundation. Thanks, guys. Those promos, I uh, really appreciate that. So let's talk about the um, the animal virtues. The first one being courage. We talked a little bit about that already. Mm-hmm. We talked about courage. Right. The next one is truth. You know, the bottom line is truth is truth is truth is truth. Unless it's your truth, then it's not the truth of everybody else. And the right. truth is only the truth that is truth when it's truth for <laughs> you. So we're running that problem. Now, what, what truth is is I believe truth is keeping your word, being truthful to what you say you're going to do, what you're truthful to your ancestors, truthful to your gods, truthful to your kin. Truthful to yourself. Truthful to yourself, yeah. If things aren't going to work for you, change it up. Change it up. Make sure you understand yourself before you try to understand everybody else. But it's also also when you're dealing with others, telling the truth. That's what I'm saying. Being a person of your work. Being an oath. You know. That's something that's, that's we're trying very, very hard to teach our children. Mm-hmm. Um, especially my 16-year-old has a has a propensity for lying yep. and and not telling the truth when he's doing chores or when he's doing this. And I understand part of that's being a teenager and not wanting to get in trouble, not wanting to get caught doing whatever. He's not supposed to be doing. Right, but he doesn't want to be labeled an nose breaker the rest of his life. Right, and so, you know, honestly, truth is one of the hardest things to teach your kids, I think, in, in all factors of truth. Whether it's, you know, dealing with an incident that happened or not dealing with the chores that you're supposed to do or, you know, telling a lie or even being truthful to who you are. Right. You know, following that crowd with the dealing with the field pressure of being a child and a young adult. It's, it's that's all involved in truth, I think. Right. It's a very hard lesson for all of us to learn. Yep. And the next one, you know, is um is honor. So if you're courageous and truthful, you'll automatically have honor. I mean that's just bottom line. And if you show that honor to other people right. and you honor other people by honoring your gods and honoring your ancestors and honoring your kin and honoring those around you. You become a person that people want to spend time with. Right. Like, and if you know that you're courageous and truthful on top of that, they want to spend more time with you. And then when you have courage, truth, and honor, you automatically should have fidelity. I mean, it's just the bottom line. I mean, that's but you have what, to show fidelity in return as well. Right, right. You know, you're going to be honorable to everybody around you, but that's what honor comes in. I mean, if you're honorable to the people you make promises to, you're, right. you know, you have fidelity, you know? And then in all of that, the hardest one, I think, is discipline. Um, that discipline of understanding your courage, truth, honor, and fidelity, and keeping strong in them, keeping, you know, disciplined within that. Um, like this week, we went over each of the um, days and the blows for each of the gods and the days. You know, it's, it's a little hard to stay disciplined to continue doing those, but in that becomes honor to the god, fidelity to the, to the ancestors and the gods. Honor to your family through the gods. The truth and courage to do the things you need come right. from the gods, and, and it just it just piles upon each other. Right. You know? and, and discipline is also you know it's it's 
keeping to a routine almost in a way. Right. You know, learning that that you need to meditate some or read some or do this or do that. You know, discipline for me is gonna have been going to work every day. Right. You know, I, I hate to go to work every day. I honestly do. I'd rather spend time with my kids or Joe or my friends. Work is honestly a discipline for me. Right. Going to work is, is a discipline thing for me. Yep. A lot of people in the military, if you're in the military, some of these things come, you know, automatically with the job. I'll be honest with you, like the discipline, the honor, um, the courage. That's part of your job. You know, the truth and the fidelity. That's more of a discipline problem. That's you know, you have to discipline yourself to do that. The next virtue there is hospitality. And, you know, as, we live in the south. And yeah. There's southern hospitality everywhere. Well, there's know? supposed to be, right? There's not always, right? But there is supposed to be, and you know, as heathens, I talk about this quite a bit, especially in modern heathenry. We need to invite our friends over. We need to make ourselves a little more accessible to them. And in that hospitality comes um, knowledge, and in that hospitality becomes acceptance, and in that hospitality becomes normality and understanding, and allowing you to worship the way you want to worship. The way um, that's just respect, and that's where it comes from. Um, then below hospitality, self-reliance, you know, um, self-sufficiency, trying to be and have the things that you need to provide for yourself and without your and your family without becoming a burden on somebody else. Um, and I don't mean to say that there's a burden because, you know, we need things. People need things. And people need each other. Right. And people need to help each other. We need to, to band together as heathens and help one another. Again, heathens helping heathens. It's important. Self-reliance, you know, comes back to that old adage of, you know, if I go fishing, can I give this family fish? Or if I take the husband fishing, would it be better for him to catch the fish and teach him to catch fish for the rest of his life? Right. You know, you, you, you get fish to a man, you feed him for a day, you teach him to fish, and you feed him for his life. Um, that's the whole thing. You know, self-reliance is important. Teaching skills. Um, what she, we're teaching our kids to garden. Yeah, we're teaching our kids to garden. They always know that they'll be able to put a seed in the ground and grow food. Right. As I mean, long as they care for it, you know, yeah. a little bit of food, make sure it has sun, make sure it has water, make sure it has the necessities to grow. Right. And then they take pride in that, too. Yeah. I mean, I go as far as to teach them how to build soil properly, create habitat for worms within that soil so that it's constantly good soil, feed it, make compost piles, everything. Because those are the things that I know that when I pass away, my children will never starve because they had no way to make food. Right. If they starve, they chose to starve. That's all there is to it. I mean. Well, and I think self-reliance is, you know, learning a work ethic, learning, right. you know, that you have to go to work, you have to pay your bills, you have yeah. to do certain things to make sure that you and your family survive. Well, knowing that you're the only person that can count on you. Right. Yeah, that's just, you know. Right. And, and then, like, teaching them skills other than working. So, our right. senior old has a job. He goes to his job every day. He works. He learns that he needs to pay for the things that he wants to have. Right. Which is important. Very important. Right. But he still has to mow the lawn because when he mow the lawn, he still has to clean his bedroom. Yeah, he still has to do dishes. He dishes, take care of his pets. He still yeah. has things to do other than going to work. And he's going to be going to school and going to work and doing his chores. So he's got to have a lot on his plate this year. But right. I feel like he can do it. Yeah, I know he can do it. It's not a question. So. It's just, this right. is teaching him self reliance. 
Right. Industriousness is the next one. This one is one that I I push really hard <laughs> in my kids. I mean, to understand how to, you know, my, my grandfather taught me something. You know, it's really cool what he taught me. He says, whatever you have, somebody made. You don't always have to pay for everything. A lot of things you can make. And, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't really understand that. I didn't understand what he meant. But, I mean, as I'm growing older, I, there's a lot of things I create myself. I, you know, I've created my own cheese. I've created my own soaps. I've created my own what? Yeah. Number of things. Cheese, tomato sauce you made, and jelly, yeah, and jams, and yeah, I can. Jar stuff. I mean, we've taught the kids how yeah. to make peanut butter and butter and, and stuff. Butter. Yeah. yeah. You know, just taking these little moments to teach them how to make something, how everything can be made from scratch. So last week, we as a family together made soap from scratch. Yep. We got the lime, literally lime oil. The oils. We got the we measured everything. We took the time. We even built the molds for the soap from scratch. Yep. yep. Which was, if, you know, my son, my 16-year-old saw the wood for the uh, for the, the molds. molds, and you know, my my nine-year-old measured the, the the wood, and you know, Joe and I put the molds together, and then yep. we put the soap together, and the kids were involved in every aspect of that. And so today. We're still letting it dry, but we were ch checking some things out, seeing how it's going. And, you know, my younger son got a little ball of soap, and the older one got a little ball of soap. Just try it out, see yeah. what it was like. And, see the soap you made. And, yeah. see the soap. and they're so proud of that. They're so proud that they made something. Yep. Because they're, they're learning a skill that they can use later in life. That's why we're beekeepers, so that they can learn a skill to help them in life. And they. Learn how to make bread. They know how to make bread. Yeah, yeah, we make bread from scratch all the time. Literally, yeah. <laughs> flour, water, salt, yeast. and yeast, and put it in a bowl, and we bake it, you know, and touch it up in the oven, and it comes out really nice. And, so. you know, and they're learning. Like my sixteen-year-old can cook some simple meals. Yep. He, he's learned how to make peanut butter cookies, yep. and he absolutely. Well, I was gonna say for Freyfax, we make the bread and the butter, yeah, the butter fresh. Yes. So for Freyfax, and they understand they're producing something. Right. Yeah. And then um, my nine-year-old came into the, to the bed. Yeah. I had a late night last night, so I was really tired. And my nine-year-old comes in and goes, Mommy, Daddy, do you want me to make you some sausage? He grabbed the sausage out of the freezer, put it in some boiling water, boiled it, you know, until it fried. Cooked, and then yep. fried it up and brought us breakfast. I'm like, yeah, it was nice. He's nine. Yep. He learned how to do something for his own, for himself. You know, self-reliance and industriousness that we're instilling in them. And hospitality because he offered it to us. Hospitality because yeah. he yeah. offered it to yeah. us. So yeah. he's learning these ideals right. without Not to mention the courage to try and do it himself. Right? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. he did it all himself. Yeah. You know, so he's learning all of these values through doing things on his own. And it's going to make him a stronger person and a more well-rounded person as he grows, I yeah. think. And of course, if you have all of these, in the end, just perseverance. You know, we all push through life, and it's not always so simple to it's push through never life. never simple. But we do it, and, you know, we we do it and we persevere at the end and we get a reward at the end. So, you know, that's the basics of the nine noble virtues. Now, the question is, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to follow these or not? We come back, we'll talk about um, what they'll do good, what we think they'll do bad, and go from there. So I'll talk to you in a few moments.
Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small D poles of five to six inches for $40. Seven to eight inches for $45. Nine to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Scotty, Sif, Air, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So you can meet anybody's needs. Tell them what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us again. So I have to tell you this. It's, it's strange. I don't know if I'm going to tell you too, but through all these podcasts, there's been someone in the podcast that I've never mentioned, and she always puts her two cents in, or always approves it, or walking up here on the keyboard and so on and so forth. That's our cat Binksy, um, but she is a crazy cat, and right now she's having a fight with my wife. So. If you hear any noise, it'll be her fighting with the with the wife. But anyway, so let's get back to the nine noble virtues. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, are these for me? You know, we have the nine noble virtues. We have the um, Odinus values. We have the Odinic right values. The nine um, charges. The nine charges. We have the Assyrian code. So we have all these different things. Um, you know, the Wiccan read. Why the number nine in Norse mythology is so great. That's where we have the nine values. The, right. The question you have to ask yourself is, you know, what do these really represent? You know, to me, I'll be honest with you, they just represent Frith. Um, for someone just starting out that's brand new to Ethanry right. or Satri, this would be a way of showing what Frith is, basically. So, I mean, you can choose the followers if you wish. You can choose the not followers if you wish. But as long as we're showing Frith and we're not breaking our oaths to anybody um, in our kindred or in our family or anything we're doing, we should be doing very well. But these are a nice little thing to have. I mean, I have them on my phone, and they're nice to show people, say, oh, this is what we truly believe people should be acting like, and this is what we truly think that people should have. And without using the word friend, because nobody would understand it, 
this is the best way to put it forward. I mean, what do you think of that, Kelly? guideline for kids too yeah. as they're growing you can start teaching them these ideals that you know this is what it takes to be a good person this is you know no matter where you go in life no matter what you believe in as far as you know whatever ethic i guess you want to be an ethical person yeah what you would do, do to be an ethical person in life um there are some resources that help teach lessons on this um what was it? Little Pig and Acorns was the one that I used to teach the boys about. It. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, they have like little lessons that go along with each of the nine of the virtues. So little last, songs too, right? I don't know if there were songs, but I think I found the songs elsewhere. Okay. Um, but there were like little lessons, little half hour long lessons or whatever to teach your kids a little bit about each one of these things. I'm big on teaching kids. I'm the kids and mothers home. Yeah. I'm big on teaching our children how to do things. Or how to live this life. Um, so, you know, even for young heathens, even for somebody who's just starting, yeah. you know, these give you a guideline. And especially if you're coming from that Christian ideal, right. you've got the Ten Commandments. Well, that just tells you that don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Here you've got the nine noble virtues that say live this kind of life. Right, do this, be this way, be this do, way. This. do yeah. this. This is what we want you to do. This right. is how you progress and become a better person. Right. I think it's really good for teenagers as well in the sense that, you know, teenagers are trying to find out who they're going to be in life and what they're going to be in life. And, you know, to really um, focus on the nine level virtues as a heathen family with your teenagers to show courage, truth, honor, fidelity, discipline, hospitality, self-reliance, industriousness, and perseverance is really important because all these are things they'll need later in life no matter what. I mean, I, I don't see anything bad with these as far as saying that they're part of heathenry, I don't believe they really are, to be honest with you. But I don't see anything bad about adding them into your heathen, uh, yeah, and your heathen practice or your little, you know, book in your back pocket you can whip out now and then, you know, use stuff to teach um, heathen practices or heathen um, things. Because it's really hard to explain. Like I said, it's always hard to explain Frith to somebody. I've, I've actually not seen a good definition of Frith yet. And I think this falls. This is this is like one of the ways to teach. I think it's just a good teaching mechanism. More than anything, it's just a good way to teach others how we think, how we right. believe. We incorporate all of this into our rituals, into our everyday life. You hear it in the stories and in the store and the lore of our right. gods and everything. You know, these are these are things that they strive to be as well. So I think yeah. that's where you know some of this has come from. You know, yeah. trying to explain it to a modern world. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. You know, modern heathenry, the construct of modern heathenry is really hard because, you know, back when heathenry was in its prime, people just understood certain things. You know, they had a certain way of doing things. They understood how those things work. I mean, today when we celebrate our, our holidays, we have to explain what it was like for a farmer to put a seed in the ground to our kids because our kids have no clue what it's like right. to put a seed in the ground, right. you know, wait for it to grow and hope that it's enough food for tomorrow. Then just go to the grocery store and get what you need, you know? Well, not now. I mean, not now they don't. But well, no, but I mean, most started. kids, right? Most kids, I'm saying. Yeah. Most, I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. I had a girlfriend one time and I was, I was shopping with her daughter and uh, we, were, we were picking up some chicken for dinner. And, uh, and, yeah, I put the chickens on the conveyor belt and they go down. And she says to me, she's like, well, what kind of chickens are they? And I was like, well, 
I don't care what kind of chickens they are. They're just not clucking around the barnyard anymore. And she looks at me real seriously and she goes, they're not that kind of chicken. And I stopped for a second. I said, what kind, what kind of chicken do you think they are? Right? And she's like, no, these are grocery store chickens. I'm like, yeah, they used to have feathers on them. They used to run around. You, you have to kill your food to eat it. She's like, no, this wasn't a chicken you had to kill. I'm like, yes, it was. And later on, I had to have a conversation with her mom because she was now freaked out and she didn't want to eat any meat anymore because she had to find out that we had to kill animals for our food. That's not a good lie. So when my son was young, about, what, three or four, yeah. we took him to the state fair, and Joe was explaining, so this is where bacon comes from. Well, he asked, yeah, oh, is this bacon. the part that bacon comes from? And I was like, no, the part that bacon comes from is over here. That's where ham comes from. Right, and, like, the person that was standing next was like, ew, you're explaining that to a child? And he's like, he asked. Yeah, he needs to know where his food comes from. He has right. to understand something has to die in order for him to live. And, you know, most kids, they don't understand those concepts. So bringing these small concepts of courage, truth, honor, fidelity, and so on and so forth to them in small ways and showing them what's frith in a, in a very general style would work really well, I believe. I think another good resource we have found that went along with teaching frith, um, especially to teenage, young men and teenagers, was a book called How to Be a Knight. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. And, and this is a really great book. If you have a chance to find it, it's by Ethan Hawke. Yes, the actor Ethan Hawke. Um, but he talks about most of these values and becoming a well-rounded man. man through right. all of this. And it's not necessarily in a heathen way. Right, but it is cool. But it, is, right. it is a good for becoming an honorable, decent, ethical human being. And there's a there's a little caveat there for y'all. If anybody out there would be willing to, you should write a book on how to become a warrior in the new heathen world. Right. Like how you know, put these all together and say, you know, this is how you become a warrior today and show what's needed to be a warrior. So Right. Yeah. And I think that's a you know that's that's what we need too is something about you know, becoming a warrior, becoming that honorable person and things right. like that. You know, that's that's really important and it's something that we try to teach our children, our kindred. Yeah. And our children, when a young man becomes a warrior, each of the men of, of the uh, kindred take him aside and they give him wisdom. They, they try to impart to him the best wisdom they can as he's becoming that warrior. During the ceremony, he's pulled aside and each one of those members that are already warriors within that kindred tell him something in private that he can go and use in his life. He doesn't have to share that with anybody, but that's for him and them to know what they shared together. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, as my role was to actually physically push him away yeah. from me. And, yeah. like, everybody in our kindred remembers that because I physically bawled and stopped yeah. crying. Yeah. So it, it was important for our, you know our young people to understand where we're going, especially in modern heathenry, what it is to be a heathen. You know, it's right. Kids they live in this world where they show no no attachment to anything because the next next thing is coming out. Because we live in a world that's so fast paced and everything is based on what's cool. What's cool right, right now? Coming up right, right. now. And, and, you know, like I was reading something on Facebook the other day because I'm a Facebook addict. I'll admit it, I am. But there was something about 
um, how quickly we change from one trend to another, even like within hours, within days. Yeah. So, like there was something about how everybody was doing something and now everybody wants to look 80. Oh, everybody was storing Area 51 right. two days ago. Right. And now everybody wants to look 80 years old on that. Yeah, and that face app. Face app it's like, what in so, the world you know, is going on? By the time you hear this, there'll probably be something else coming up. Yeah. But, you know, it's that quick turnaround from one thing to the next. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we can't keep, we have a socialized ADHD where yeah. we're so, you know, things go so fast and we're, right. Our attention spans are so short anymore. And slowing our world down enough that we can have the time to teach somebody new to healing or to uh, massage room, whether it be a kid, whether it be an adult, or anything else, these virtues and what they mean and how they portray our life and how they portray everything that's going to go on in our lives. Um, it's really hard today. I mean, it's really strange. I mean, right. we have I'm looking at the internet right now as I'm talking to you about the nine noble virtues, to be honest with you, I'm looking at uh, Wikipedia, you know, and the nine noble virtues. I'm looking at that because I needed the information as to where they came from and what they were, and that's literally at my fingertips within a few seconds, and, you know, I could be going to something else, you know, and um, I could go down and I could just click on a button right here and look at the nine satanic statements um, instead of just the nine noble virtues, and go from there, and I could go back and I could look at the seven virtues of Wiccanism or Wiccan. Um, no, that's a catechism. Oh, that's a catechism. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. It's a Catholic philosophy. Seven verses, yeah. Uh, I could look at uh, the Wiccan Read. I'm sorry. That's what I want to say. I could look at the Wiccan Read with just a, uh, a glimpse, long read, dating the read, interpretation of the read, and role of the three Wiccan. You know? Yeah, and that's that's the as you as you do, do as you will or none. Right. And the rule of three is whatever you put out there will come back to you three. Right. Goals. But that's what I'm saying. This is at my fingers. Yes, so, so it's really the, but the difference is somebody that explained it to me is no. I can read it and I can hover over the blue things as courage. And courage is a choice and willingness to confront agony, pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. Physical courage is bravery in the face of physical pain, hardship, death, or threat of death. Well, moral courage is the ability to act rightly in the face of popular opposition or shame. Right, so that's, just, the, that's the dictionary definition. Right, but that's just courage. covering the thing over there. So. Right. But to sit down and actually explain courage to a young man as a, a warrior that's been through things is a lot different than what Matt said. You know, with that said, that interaction is more personal. So pick the noble virtues as you like. I, I personally don't mind them. Um, I know they're not physically true. I know they're not age old like everything else is. Right. Um, I don't mind them. I don't find them so bad. No, um, we have them in our outdoor altar space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just as a reminder of Frith. Frith. Yeah. And as a reminder of, you know, to our children that see them every day as they go outside. That yeah. This is this is how you know, this is how a good person lives. Yep, yeah. this is how a good person acts. And you know, we're not good because, you know, we, we get some great mansion with a golden road and we're not bad because some weird guy in red with horns on a pitchfork, you know, teaches us to be bad. We're bad because we choose to be. We don't right, treat people about life's choices. Right. We don't treat people the way we want to because we choose to do that. It's a reminder of making good choices. Right. Right. So with all that said guys, I want to thank you all for joining us tonight with uh, the modern day the man. 
as we talked about the nine local virtues. Um, you guys are more than welcome to go ahead and comment on it. Send me an email if you like. All my information is on there. Contact me. Put something on the Facebook page if you like as well. I do have a Twitter. That's yes. the Modern Heathen Man. Yes. Okay. So you can look up on Twitter and the Modern Heathen Man. You can tweet on there as well um, if you like. So go ahead and go wherever you like. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. And thank you all for listening. And I want to tell you all to have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you.